0: Working moms, I have a real treat for you today in this episode, but before I jump into who I am interviewing and how amazing she is and why you should for sure be listening to this episode, I want to give a disclaimer to any of you that might be listening to this podcast episode with young children. Danielle Savory, who I am interviewing here today, she is a sex coach. And while we don't get too far into talking about the subject of sex, for sure we are discussing intimacy. And this might not be the episode you want your children to listen to. That being said, the juiciness and vulnerability of this episode is not to be missed. She is a friend and a colleague of mine. And in full transparency, I hired her as my sex coach. Now, that feels very vulnerable to say, <laughs> but what came out of my experience with Danielle was not just better results in the bedroom, which certainly happened, but a completely different way of thinking about pleasure and why pleasure, not just sexual pleasure, but pleasure in general, is a vital part of being a woman and particularly vital for us as high-achieving women. I knew that I needed to get Danielle on this podcast eventually, and now just felt like the right time. You're going to jump in mid-conversation where I am sharing with Danielle some of the fun, amazing goals that I have hit in my business recently I haven't really spoken to her in quite some time. So we were kind of doing a whole catch up and you're kind of catching the tail end of that. And I'm telling her how difficult it has been for me to receive all of the good feelings and the joy and the happiness that should come when we hit our goals and we're successful. And I love that this is the starting point of this conversation. And again, it feels somewhat vulnerable to me. And on some level, I even think she's coaching me a little bit as we're having a conversation. But Danielle has so much amazing wisdom to share with all of us about what it means to get out of your head and into your body and to allow yourself to feel all the good feels that come with life or that we want to come with life. I know you're going to love her. So let's get to it. This happened earlier in the week too on Monday. My husband was around while I was like finishing up a sales call and he could tell that this client was moving forward. So he came in all excited and I was like sitting there with my hands in my like head and he was like, What's going on? And I'm like, Well, one is I'm just really tired. I'm just really having a hard time taking this in. Like, I don't, I don't know how to receive all of this like good stuff that's happening. This comes back to so many conversations that I have had with you and thinking about how do you receive
1: good? It's so fascinating that that block that we have that visceral block of letting in the good and feeling able to absorb it and like really being able to like, indulge in feeling good, because we get so addicted to the I don't want to say the not good, but like the going and the doing and the moving forward. Not that that's not good stuff, but that motivation stuff too.
0: I think the word foreign is a good one. It just feels foreign. And, and almost like, I just don't even know what to do, you know? And some of the things that I have, like I've been, been kind of not, I wasn't, I was going to say wrestling with, but it's not wrestling. It's like I'm practicing or I'm like, just trying. I'm like, like it's everything from just, Big smile and just letting myself <laughs> smile, and because yeah. smiling you know creates kind of natural endorphins to my dance party button that just reminds me to get into my like my body Yay. a little bit and hitting that to uh just you know sitting on a swing in my backyard and like it's like I'm trying to cultivate this pass through this what feels like a wall to pleasure <laughs> I don't even know how to almost like overcome it, and I think I keep trying to come back through the brain. It's like, this isn't like a brain thing. It's
1: like a body thing. (laughs) That's what I was saying. I was like, I don't, it's not like, it's like we do, we can see the gatekeepers here, but I also know you and I know how much work you've done with your mind around being more open to pleasure. And I don't feel like it's like, oh, I can't, or I shouldn't, or I'm not allowed to, or I'm not worthy, where maybe that's where you were more before, but you're not there. It's really just like, a body thing. It's a surrendering. It's a softening. It's like actually being able to absorb it and drop into your body and feel it.
0: I mean, I I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say this, and I know the answer, Danielle, but I'm not alone in this, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not the no. only one that like tries to that has this huge wall. <laughs> and what are your thoughts on even where this wall
1: comes from? So many different things, but it's really it's a nervous I, like at this age. I feel like there's so much of a habitual response with our body. So it's like this nervous system response of our body because there were messages when we were younger to like guilty pleasure or wait till you're worthy or we don't have time for the, You know, like we were encouraged to. And so it's like this constant kind of cutting off and creating that wall, not because, because it was safety, because it was survival, because we have this, you know, like that wall because why would we? And so even if we change our thoughts up here, we haven't really removed that or created a pathway into our body. And so it's really, it's just like retraining, not just here, but retraining your responsiveness to your nervous system, creating that safety in your nervous system, knowing how to open it up. It's more than just a wall. It's like a deeper connection with your body and your nervous system so that you actually know how to do it. Because it's like a skill, right? It's like, why can't I play tennis? Well, it's like you've never picked up a tennis racket more than like one time in summer camp in sixth grade, right? You know, It's like an actual skill to develop to be able to be in our body and then to be able to stay there and then be able to turn towards the good. That is a practiced thing. It isn't like... Oh, I just can't. And there's a wall. Like, there might not even be a wall. It just might not be something that you've done enough.
0: My natural next question is like, you coach. On pleasure, you coach on sex, right? And so that's like the scratch the surface of what you really do underneath this. Like what we're getting to is like the ability to receive pleasure, which is such an important part of having really great sex. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just changing your sex life and your intimate life. And I wanna hear about that. I wanna hear about kind of the work that you do and how that all connects to that.
1: I am a sex coach, but. Really, you know, what we're getting down to here is allowing ourselves, especially those of us socialized as women, to being able to have the capacity to open up to receive and to receive more of the good stuff. Because there's so many layers, I think, that in our culture and the way that we show up in our relationships or in our businesses or in our corporate jobs or as mothers and all these different roles that we play where it really is about us giving and Learning how to actually have the skill of being able to not only be present for the good stuff, but being able to be open to it, to be able to receive it, to bring that pleasure in, to allow it to land and like integrate as part of who you are, as part of like a resourcefulness in your body and your brain is really at the crux of like what we're doing and when we focus on our sexuality, when we focus on that relationship, it is very blatant. Well, maybe that's the wrong word that I'm looking for, but it is very (laughs) obvious about like receiving, right? Like that is really a very obvious relationship where we are learning how to receive pleasure. So then it is this beautiful like bridge into seeing all these ways that we actually are allowing ourselves to open up and receive pleasure in other parts of our life. Because If you just are focusing on your sexuality and receiving pleasure in this place or being connected with your body in this way, what I have found is it's a lot easier to get there when we start practicing it in other parts of our life and vice versa. So it really does become the way that you land in your body and the way that you're able to open up. And if you're able to open up and receive more pleasure in other areas of your life, it becomes more easier to accept and receive that in sexually. And if we start to do that sexually, then it's easy to borrow that and apply it to other parts of your life. So they go both ways and they go kind of hand in hand, but understanding that opening up and receiving is a skill. So the more that we practice it in and out of the bedroom is going to make it easier for you to do.
0: I mean, from your, as you describe this to people, what does receiving look like when you talk about receiving or even receiving pleasure outside of a bedroom setting? Like, what does that even mean? What does that look like in a working mom's daily life?
1: Really? (laughs) I mean, I think it can look in so many different ways. Like there is constantly things that we could receive that are pleasurable in any given moment. And so I think even just acknowledging and opening our eyes to like the fact that there is something I could receive Just right now in this moment. So, like for me right now, I have like this cushy chair that I'm sitting on, and the way that I'm sitting, it's like really nice on my buns. Like it feels really good when I drop in and notice that, right? Like it's so good. Like the texture of my shirt, like this is a Viore shirt, and I'm wearing Viore sweats, and probably heard of them, and they're so soft. And it like, I can feel that on my skin. Like, I have a candle going and I can open up and receive and smell that. So, one of the easiest ways for us to learn how to like receive pleasure is simply turning to our senses, like our five senses. Like, what is something I'm hearing right now that I love? What is something I'm seeing in my environment? What is something that my body or my skin is touching? That is, and it sounds so like cliche, like, oh, just be present in the moment and like, you know, absorb all this great shit. But it's like, it's true. And when we start to open up to that, then we can see how we might be cutting off. Like if somebody gives you a compliment and you're quickly dismissive and we don't even allow that to really land or right before we started recording, Rebecca and I were talking about goals, right? Like, and how quickly and how hard it can be to like hit a goal. And then we don't celebrate it. And we're just like on to the next or afraid it's going to go away. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. So really being able to like marinate in it. Like I I love that word, especially because I have some dinner marinating right now. Like it's very, (laughs) like you can see it right away, but it's like, how often do we give ourselves a chance to like marinate when someone's like, whoa, like you did a really good job or that was so powerful when you said that. Do you hang out with that? Or do you hang out with like when they said, I don't really understand what you're doing here? or (laughs) some other kind of like negative comment that we grasp onto and we hang out, we replay in our head. How often are you replaying the good stuff in all areas?
0: A couple of things stood out to me as you were just describing this to me, which I have worked with you before, right? So like I've hired you as a coach and we have talked about these things. And now it's still, I think it's been over two years since we worked together. But what stood out to me is like, oh yeah, I don't even... Do I even know what I think something that feels good is? Like could I even describe that to you <laughs> that feels that feels foreign in this moment to even think about? What are the things that feel good? And if I were to present that to one of my clients, I'm sure I would get this kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't think about it. but that's the point, is we don't think about it. We don't, we don't spend the same amount of attention thinking about the things that feel good and putting our attention towards those things like we do the things that don't feel so good and that are kind of bring us down. And we put a lot of attention to that. Exactly. And so we're super familiar with what all those things feel like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, the starting place is me just remembering or thinking about things that feel good and why they feel good and how they literally take place in my body and the sensations that take place in my body when I'm experiencing them. Everything from a cozy. I have a nice cozy blanket on me right now. You know, like how good that feels with this little heater that's here because I'm really cold in my house. Right. And letting myself just take that in and feel cozy and like be able to feel cozy and that feels good. And like letting myself feel
1: that for a moment or longer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we get so caught up in all of the other things. And it's like, if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't even know what I like. I, do I even have a hobby? Do I even have something I enjoy or fun or pleasure? All these sorts of things. This isn't a moment to like judge yourself or blame yourself. It's really how, number one, not only have we been socialized, but like how the human brain operates. You know, it's, we have this negativity bias, like negativity bias is for us, for our protection, for our survival. And that has been way more imperative for you, like. Think about back in the day, like if you stopped and smelled a rose, but then in the meantime, you're going to get eaten by a tiger, then you probably should have been looking out for tigers instead of paying attention to the beautiful buttercups in the meadow, right? Like it just straight up like survival. And so on purpose... That's why it has to be very intentional and it has to be purposeful. And especially for busy women, it's creating a framework that allows you to tap into the good and the resources and the pleasure and the fun on purpose. Because if you just keep going on default, you're never going to, your brain will not choose these things.
0: And that leads to a couple of different thoughts too. One was actually, when you said you had something marinating in the kitchen, I actually have some beans soaking cuz I'm going to make a I'm going to make a soup later. <laughs> and so I love that, but it made me think of like you're a mom of two amazing girls and I think that at least for me, I know that I'm kind of harder on my daughter than I am for my son. <laughs> I'm totally aware of that. It's because of the the amazing human being that I want her I obviously I want my son to be an amazing human being too. It just is a different feel and like I can see her having my tendencies on some level to be very kind of driven and motivated by task and by process and by reward and the the beat up cycle that happens when she doesn't meet the her potential she's eight right like I could see it though in so much of it it's like what does it look like for me to help her develop a sense of what feels good to her? <laughs> like, how do I even describe that to her if I don't know what, if I don't even know what that feels like to me? So that was one thing that came up. Actually, I'll pause there because I would love to hear somebody. I I know that you think about this a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it goes to that that old adage of like our, especially our children, they don't do what we say, they do what we do. And I don't know if that's the actual saying, but you get what I, you <laughs> yes, get where it's yes, coming yes. from right? Like it's how we're being. It's who we're demonstrating. And so for me, this isn't something that I am instructing my girls on, but they see me on the couch knitting. They see me, you know, like You're such an amazing woman, Danielle, I love you. <laughs> like <laughs> like they see me like even on this on the weekend, you know, I think my husband said something like, oh, are we being lazy or something? Because we like to do projects as a family. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, this is what life's about. Like, I am so cozy. I've got this blanket. I'm working on this, you know, knitting project. And so when I'm with my girls, I'm doing these things. Like if we go on a hike, we are looking, I was like, oh my gosh, do you smell that? like, do you feel like we're constantly talking about like, what does the air feel like? I was like, do you feel the air right when we walked into the forest? Because I'm aware of it. I can ask them, you know, because I'm aware. I'm like, wow, did you see that mushroom? Like it was so bright orange. Like I didn't even know mother nature produced those kind of colors. Like I'm just like in awe. And so when I'm walking through my life with these moments of awe, they are engaged in that. Or when we like Monroe and I, we still take our baths together and, you know, and giggly and feeling the soap. And I was like, oh, this smells so good. And we're just like pausing and smelling and doing these things that are involving our senses. So I don't think there's as much discussion as just I am in it with them and bringing their attention to it consistently.
0: I wrote down some of the words you just used and kind of added some of my own, but it was like cozy and leisure and awe and rest. Like these are a big part of what it means to, receive pleasure and receive goodness. Because this is where a lot of it is found, right? Is in the rest and the cozy and the leisure and the awe. Yes. You know, this podcast is for working moms that are trying to find balance. That is the life we're trying to create ultimately on the other side. When I work with clients, when I teach here on this podcast, it's like, what we're getting to the other side is a life where there's rest and there's cozy and there's leisure and there's awe and there's presence. And like, that's what people say they want at the other side of balance more than anything else, right? Is they want to experience that life. And here in this conversation, what we're talking about, I'm kind of just making a parallel here, at least in my brain is like a mechanism there. And I mean, I you'd probably argue with me and say like the greatest mechanism there on some level is through receiving pleasure and learning how to receive and cultivate that pleasure through the body, right? Is how we get there onto the other side. Way more than what, you know, and I don't, Although I obviously work with clients and things like on things like time and stuff like that, but i it's not that it's none of this this other kind of thing that we all want to make it out to be a scheduling thing, a time management thing, a uh, you know a getting things off your plate thing it's like it's not it's really not any of that
1: right, but I think it's so important too is like to understand that in order to get there to that place of like leisure or rest or pleasure that we can use these type of frameworks that allow us to understand. So it's like, if you're listening to this, you're like, where do I even start? It's like, I like to use these touch points and not be like, oh my gosh, I have to clear off my whole Saturday and then sit there and do nothing and like sit on the couch and knit. Like, that's not where you start. Like, I've been doing (laughs) this shit for a really long time, okay? But you can ask yourself, and the thing that I really started to do was... Just asking the simple question. uh, When I was already doing the tasks that I needed to do, like making dinner, okay, or driving my kids from school, you know, back home. One activity to the next. (laughs) One activity. So it's like one activity, one touch point. You could ask your simple question, how might I enjoy this more? That's it. How could this be a little bit more fun? So for me, a huge like vehicle into that fun for me is music. Like I think that music can be such an easy touchstone place for so many people. And music is a huge part of our house. Like we play music. I mean, we've got like you know, hauling outs on just like, she's a rich girl and she got to, find you know, like <laughs> yeah. all the time, right? Yeah, like totally. we're just like rocking out to all these different musics as we're doing our chores, as we're making dinner, as we're driving to and from school, you know? So even when I'm like, hey, it's time for us to tidy up our room or clean up or do laundry how do we make this more fun? What playlist do you guys want to listen to? You know, do you want to wear a funny outfit while you're doing this? Should we light some candles? Like there's these ways that we can just insert a little bit of pleasure and a little bit of fun into the things that we quote unquote need to get done and not have to make it like this extra thing we're doing. It's just upticking the level of enjoyment in the things that we're already participating in. I love that upticking the enjoyment. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I'll tell my clients, like, let's just move the needle 5%. Let's not think about getting all the way there. But what's this, just like a little let's, a little moving of the needle,
1: like ever so slightly? <laughs>
0: what does that look like? Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting on a shade of lipstick in the morning, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be a lot. Like, pick a pair of fun earrings. Like, yeah. pick a color. Like, put some cozy socks on that are absolutely ridiculous. Like, my mom saw my socks the other day. And she was like, what are those? And I was like, they bring me joy. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be a lot, but it's like as you start incorporating more and more of these small little upticks, they have a compound effect on your overall pleasure and enjoyment in life.
0: Yeah. I get comments from people all the time, particularly my family. They're like, Did you have something like big happen today at work? And I'm like, Oh, no. I just sat and I talked with my clients all day. Yeah. They look pretty dressed up. And I'm like, I know. why." I, feel good. I feel good. <laughs> like I feel good. I like these shoes. Yes. Like And sometimes it'll be that. It'll be like, yeah, I'm dressing in my orange blazer and I love it. And it makes me feel good. And some days it's like, no, I'm for sure wearing my Uggs. And it's going to be the coziest pants I can possibly wear today. And I'm going to have the best blanket. And that's what it's going to be today. So, yes. But it's just what is going to make me enjoy this? Like what what's going to make my day a little bit more
1: enjoyable? Exactly. Like when I'm on my period, I'm probably going to choose like cozy pants and a cozy sweater or whatever versus at a different time, I might choose the full on like fluorescent pants suit. Like it's meeting yourself where you're at and understanding that pleasure is not going to look the same from moment to moment and day in and day out. That's why we ask. That's why we're asking, how could I make this a little bit more fun for me in this moment?
0: I want to come back to this question that we started to talk about. Why does this matter? (laughs) Why does this matter? I think we could think about it. Like I hear it and I go and I cognitively understand why this matters. It's going to help me feel better about life. I feel, you know, I want to enjoy life more. So often I have people yeah. that come to me and that's like, circumstantially, my life is perfect. It's everything I ever wanted it to be. And yet I don't feel that way. It feels not enough. It, I feel unhappy. I feel out of balance, right? So I can see it, and yet it can be the hardest thing to decide to prioritize for, I think, for women that tend to be very ambitious, that tend to be very goal-focused. That's our very kind of type A, if we want to you know, label it that way. And I'm just curious your, your
1: thoughts on that, <laughs> why this matters, or even why it's most challenging for this particular group of people. There's really three parts to the answer of this question. One, I think that we look at benefits, There's benefits of doing this, right? Benefits I feel to me are different than why it matters. But sometimes, especially when I have been caught up in, you know, this the rat race of life, you know, when you're caught up in the momentum of life, when you're going after these things, the benefits are a good reminder for me to snap out of it because it reminds me why it's important. However, for me personally, when I have just focused on benefits of things, it never actually was the thing that got me into the action I wanted, right? Like, I mean, we all know the benefits of exercise, like reducing stress and it keeps me healthy and then maybe I'll live longer. None of that shit is going to help me get my running shoes on. Yeah. Like I'm just going to be honest, right? So we have to understand the difference like it is good to know the benefits because when your brain is being like a real drama queen about things we want to understand like brain I hear you and also this is going to help my relationship this is like generationally speaking going to help me be a better mom this is going to you know help my communication it's going to help my immune system my overall well-being you know like it's good to like go through the laundry list of benefits For me, why it matters, and this might sound very morbid, but I like, again, I like to go to the extremes and the drama of stuff. (laughs) What actually worked for me when I first started doing a lot of this work is like, what if I found out today that I only had three months to live or whatever your time period is? Like, really, when I think about that or I've even watched people in my community or close to me in my family where this really was a real thing, right? Like getting diagnosed with breast cancer or something like that and or another type of cancer and they really didn't have a long time at all. What would you spend your day doing? Like really? It's
0: probably not working a whole lot more than I would need to or want to for that
1: matter. Yeah. Like you would probably put that hollow notes on in the kitchen, and shake your booty. <laughs> you would probably like make love to your partner, like it was the first and last time, and you would soak in every moment of it and not worry about what your like post breastfeeding boobs are flopping around doing. Right. You would just be kissing. It's those kind of things. And so, again, I know that that can feel very heavy and it can feel very morbid, but when we, start to think about like what it is that I'm going to be thinking about if I was nearing the end of my life or if my partner was nearing the end of my life or anybody in like my circle was, what would I want to make sure that I was doing? And it doesn't mean that we were not have to like do the things and the tasks and that kind of stuff, but my level of presence and I don't want to forget this. I want to remember this immediately brings us into our body where we're bringing in the good stuff because we don't want to let it go.
0: I mean, it's not morbid. It's perspective more than anything. Right. You zoom out enough to kind of remember what's or to think maybe for the first time. And I think there's a lot of that in the work that I do with my clients because they're asking questions that maybe they've never asked before, but they certainly have never asked before since they've become a mom. Which changes a lot of things for us on many levels goals, motivations, you know, all sorts of things. And it's that zooming out perspective of saying what really matters. Yeah. What do I want to get to my end of my life, whether that's in three months or it's in, you know, I hope 50 years? What do I want to say that I experienced? What are the memories that I want to have in my head? What are the memories that I expect that I would keep in my head? Yeah.
1: (laughs) How do I want my girls to remember me? Yeah. Right. Like that's a big one. I think about all of the time. Like, how do I want my girls to remember me? And it's like, they're going to remember my silliness. They're going to remember my emotions. They're going to remember me like cuddling them like every single day. Like I spend over a half an hour cuddling my kids between like the three touch points that we have. Right. Like, it's like, they're going to remember that and that i love to think about like if i like again like if i was going to get hit by a car today yeah like what are they going to miss about me and what are they going to remember and so you know it's not to say that we're not doing the other big legacy stuff in the world and creating an impact in our world like i equally think that's important too and it does help bring things into perspective and allow us to at least be present for the things we're already doing (laughs) and bring that level of enjoyment because that's going to change your whole demeanor with what you're showing up for.
0: Yeah, I love that. And again, we're circling all of us back to through the lens of we get to these things that we want for ourselves, the pleasure, the leisure, the rest, the cuddles, the memories, the silliness. We get to that through our body, not through our mind. Right. We paint that picture of the life that we want that isn't so much a what's the action steps that are going to take me to get there although there are some very tangible frameworks as we're talking about you know i have frameworks you have frameworks right that help women get there but what we're really talking about is getting is getting there through our our body and through experiencing allowing yourself to experience pleasure and joy and goodness and in and just all of the Juiciness, as you like to say, of life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and another way that I would also like to like answer that question, because I said it was three parts, it's like the benefits is a great place to like remind your brain, just like very logically and rationally, these are all the reasons that it's good for me. That then there's the emotional pull of like, The end of life sort of thoughts and experiences. The perspective. Yes, the perspective (laughs) I like to think of. And then the other place I also like to go of like why it matters is remembering that I am my biggest resourcefulness. I am my source of resilience. So if I truly do want to show up in the world and accomplish these things or achieve these things or show up in that way understanding that I can't do that unless I am fully supported. I can't do that if I'm overwhelmed and burnt out and having a hard time. I don't even have access to the creativity in my brain that would solve the problems to begin with. I don't have the resiliency to bounce back from challenges. I don't have the internal support system to feel capable of going after the risks it's going to take for me to actually create big waves. And so understanding that pleasure and being able to receive and absorb the good stuff is actually what is creating the resources and the traits and the qualities in your brain that are going to allow you to do the big stuff you want to do in the world. You can't actually do those things, you know, if you're not taking risk. Well, how do you take risks? You have to feel supported. You have to feel safe. So we do that by bringing pleasure in and creating safety in the body, right? You can't feel resilient if you don't have a internal buffer system to be able to bounce back if you're completely drained if you're completely overwhelmed if your nervous system is fried you're not going to bounce back and you're not going to bounce back in the way that you want to and so understanding that pleasure is actually what creates that buffer system it's the balm to the heart it is your bounce back mechanism that is another thing that is really really motivating for me of why I'm doing this through my day because I do want to create a legacy not just with my family but in the world. I do want to make a big impact. I do want to do these big bold brave things in the world and I know that I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall on my face. I'm going to wonder what I'm doing and if I don't feel myself up with like nourishing pleasure, I won't have anything to fall back on and I'm going to burn out really fast. I love that you brought this up because,
0: and I think I've said this to you before, but you know, in our work together two years ago, yes, it was a program that was focused on sex and pleasure in the bedroom. And things shifted there for the good for sure. But some of the things that really impacted me that were life changing weren't had nothing to do with the bedroom. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's pretty much every woman that comes through the program. They're like, Yeah, I got some orgasms, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally. It's not really what this work is about, right?
0: And for me, like coming back to the the safety was the one of the examples that you just gave that really stuck out to me because it was my own experience. And It was my own experience of really learning how to not take myself back to that place where I beat myself up for things that go wrong or things that don't happen in the way that I want to or whatever I've deemed failure or whatever I wanted that didn't transpire in the way that I wanted it to happen, right? Like all of those experiences throughout your day, I didn't even realize how I, in the back of my brain, there was a little version of me that was like, riding a whip <laughs> and telling me that I was doing it wrong and and making me feel shameful and bad and guilty. I think it really was recognizing that voice in the bedroom that ended up leading me to wanting to work with you but then I saw her all over the place. I was able to like really understand her and see her and find comfort and love for her and ultimately get to a place where I just don't allow her to be in my space much anymore. <laughs> like she's just not there that experience of knowing that i can create that kind of safety that's really what i'm most scared of when i go after anything big in life or when i am go when i'm setting goals and going after them big ones little ones whatever it is it's not the fear of failure it's the fear of the little voice that makes me feel like crap (laughs) if i don't meet it or or what's inevitable when you go after big goals is of course failure it was that experience that was holding me back in business and life and you know lots of things of just experiencing joy I, yes. I can't allow myself to experience pleasure and joy in meeting big goals in my business because if i did that then i wouldn't have my eye on like the focus of getting to the next goal or like pushing myself a little bit further and then that little voice That was some of the biggest work that we did together. And that safety in your body, safety, like you being a safe place for your own thoughts and your own self and whatever your own emotions, right, is such a huge part of everything that you're talking about here. And again, It comes back through the lens of like safety is not going to come from all of the negative, terrible emotions. It's going to come from the good ones.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's like the way that I like to think of it is like, what kind of container are we creating? You know, and can we create this container that can even receive the good stuff, right? You know, and when you think about if we're just speaking to ourselves unkindly, all of the time or we have this like inner critical narrative going on in the background, it really does kind of just like repel any of the good stuff because it literally the way that it stimulates your nervous system makes it so you can't actually receive a lot of the good stuff. So it goes like kind of like what comes first, chicken, the egg. And really the way that I like to think of it is the first thing that you do is you create the containers so that you can open more up to the receiving And part of that is working on that safety and setting some very uh, important boundaries with your own inner dialogue.
0: Yeah, more than any, probably more than any others. (laughs) It has to start there. Because if you don't allow that negative inner dialogue to be there, then you'll repel it from other people in a more natural way. If they say it, you won't ever receive it because you just know it to not be true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I come back to this question then, you know, we're talking so much, in this conversation around receiving the good stuff and the pleasure and creating safety. And we're talking, you know, we're talking about why all of this stuff matters. And yet your focus is, at least the way you market yourself, is through is as a sex coach. And we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I kind of circle back to this. Like, why is that? I know there's all this other deeper work that came out of it for me. I know other women that say the same thing. Like, why do you have it through the lens of, of the bedroom or as your focal
1: point? I honestly think that our work as women with our sexuality is the pinnacle of self-growth. And it is where so many of our relationships, our socialization, our nervous system work, our being on our own side, the tone we set with ourselves and the embodied experience is all wrapped up into this. And when we go through the lens of our sexuality. Like I could teach you like this. I started as a like a self-compassion coach. I started as a mindfulness teacher. Like that is where my work started a decade ago. It's like, I could just teach you on self-compassion, but the reason that I focus on sex and the reason that I focus on sexuality is because when we go right there, you get immediate feedback because you have to be in your body to be able to create desire, to be able to allow yourself to be touched and to experience pleasure. So you get immediate feedback. So it's like, I could work with somebody just on their self-compassion, right? Just on changing this inner narrative and being more loving and being more accepting, but you might not have a marker of how much you've like progressed with it or how far you've improved where when you focus on how your body is responding, you get that it's like an immediate like barometer, you get to see it right away in action. If you're doing this inner criticism work, or if you're doing the safety work, or if you're like lowering your standards of perfectionism, it's like this beautiful place in this beautiful relationship, whether it's with self pleasure or with partnered, you know, sexual experiences that we get to see it in action right away. And so that's why I really love focusing on the sexuality is because I see women get such quicker results in this area, way faster because they're getting this constant feedback. They see it coming up and everything really bubbles to the surface when it comes to our sexuality. Like the people pleasing and the doing things for other everybody else and putting stuff on the back burner and I don't have time and I'm not in my body, I'm in my head and shame is a big one like all of it is in there. And so we get to focus on it right away.
0: It's heightened all in the bedroom. And so it just, it makes it all come up really fast. And then you have to deal with it.
1: Really fast and really quick. Yes. yeah, And because you're dealing with it in the bedroom, where you feel the most vulnerable, where a lot of times we have felt the most shame in the past, where we feel the least confident in so many ways, because we have never been really taught what Sexuality and pleasure looks like for us, you know, outside of like the sex industry, because of all of that, you get to see it in action. You get to like, it's like, well, if I can say what I want in the bedroom, it makes it really easy to say what I want in the boardroom. It makes it really easy to show up for this, you know, as a parent or whatever else. It makes everything else feel easy because you can just borrow it from this place that actually felt really scary or really awkward or really shameful. It's like, oh, well, this is nothing. I'm just posting on social media. I love it.
0: So many good things here, Danielle. Thank you for all of this. I love that we actually circled back here because I want to make sure that you tell us all about, you know, how people can get a hold of you, find out what you do, you know, coach with you, and so forth. I want to hear all of that. I love how we naturally started with this place of of just receiving and receiving goodness and receiving pleasure and how important that is and what it means to do that. And then circling all the way back to like, the bedroom is fastest way if you really want to do it. It's the fastest (laughs) way to get there. That's where you start. So tell us a bit about how people can get a hold of you and you know
1: some of the things that you have going on. So, uh you can get a hold of me through my website daniellesavory.com. If you just want to contact me directly, I have a podcast called It's My Pleasure, so we focus on a lot of these like bringing the pleasure in because it's your pleasure. So we bring up all of these type of topics. I did take a huge social media break, but I am back on and you can find me at the practice of pleasure on Instagram. And then other than that, you know, like working with me or coaching, I have a do-it-yourself course where we talk about a lot of the things that Rebecca and I talked about here, just that inner critic, that inner narrative, creating safety in the body, creating sensuality. That course is called Undressed. You don't get directly coached by me, but you can learn. If you want to get directly coached by me, then join my group coaching program called Tangled. And we do this with a group of women. We go through it. And then I always have just a couple of one-on-one spots available as well.
0: So good. The work you are doing is so important, Danielle. Thank you for the courage, the bravery. I mean, we've now known each other for years. How many years? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I remember when when you went on all in to this and it just is... It's so important. So thank you for what you do and your voice and the way that you are
1: changing the world. Well, right back at you, Mama. Appreciate you. And thanks for having me on. Thank you, Danielle.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want a little extra support as a working mom, I invite you to download my free training, The Secret to Ending Your Workday at 5 p.m. In this free training, I teach you how to shut down your computer and your work brain at exactly the time you want without all those feelings of guilt and like you need to log back on. By the end of this training, you will know exactly what you need to think and do in order to fully engage with your family, even after a long workday. To sign up for the training, you can go to www.ambitiousandbalancedcollective.com forward slash end dash work dash at 5pm. If you didn't catch all that, don't worry, check the show notes for a direct link. All right, working moms, let's get to it.